Okay, Tony G Nation, episode two of season six of the Tony G Show. I'm your host, Tony G. And with me, as always, Will McCormick, I guess. Yo. I told him not to come. I told him to stop coming around season five, and he's still here. So, uh, yeah, thanks for still coming, Will. He's he's paying me too well to leave, so. <laughs> yeah. The uh, other Sports Talk podcast wanted Will McCormick, and mm-hmm. I, I told him no. Um, I have control over him uh, in terms of contracts. <laughs> don't look at me like that, all right? I mean, all right. You know where I'm going with this. Like, I, no, like, I'm I don't. missing a word. Um What's the word I'm thinking of? I'm under arbitration. Oh, arbitration. Okay. I don't really know what that term means, to be honest with you. I have a grasp on it, but I don't have like a full definition of what it means. Might have been the first time I've heard that word. Arbitration. Yeah, I'm it's, kidding. It's I'm something kidding. in baseball. Um, yeah, but regardless, how about that? Six seasons of the Tony G Show. I just can't get over that. We're gonna have our 100th episode in March. It's average. Yeah, yeah. It's borderline. Yeah, successful. Unimpressed. No, but I, I mean. Thanks for Will for coming around and sticking around through all these seasons. Thanks for Tony G Nation. Um, and let's have another good season. Season 6, as I mentioned, episode 2. This is our Tony G show. And I just want to say, before we get going here, you know how I name each episode in the podcast. Mm-hmm. This episode is named the Tony G Bowl. My roommate, CJ, mm-hmm. I was down at the kitchen table doing my prep and I said, what should I name the episode? I want to name it something cool. Right off the top of his head, first thing I heard, the Tony G Bowl. Some people are really good at that. I struggle because I, I like do photography and stuff. We've told, we've said that story a hundred times, but yeah. I struggle. Like when I do like galleries, I struggle with what to name stuff. Yep. Some people are like top of their head, know it. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's got to be a skill. The mental sharpness that uh, Will and I do not possess. Regardless, we're going to have a good episode here previewing the Super Bowl, um, previewing the show. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to look at the conference championships. Remember, if you remember Monday's episode... We said we're going to wait and save the Tuesday. Correct. Thank you. We're going to save the Packer discussion of the NFC Championship when they lost for Thursday. Well, it's Thursday. We're here, Will, and we're going to get in-depth on it. We're going to discuss all about the Packers-Buccaneers game for the winner to go to the Super Bowl. As we know, the the Buccaneers got that heart-wrenching victory over the Packers and their Packer fans. So we'll look into that. We'll also look into the AFC Championship game. We're going to look into then the Super Bowl preview, who we think is going to win, um, what the awards are going to be, you know, who's going to get the MVP, you know, we're, we're going to give our full breakdown. And then we're going to go into the NFL awards, okay, because for those of you that don't know, the NFL does their league-wide awards, the season awards, the Saturday before the Super Bowl, you know, Coach of the Year, MVP, Defensive Rookies of the Year, you know, the awards like that. And we're going to get into that at the back end of the episode. I wanted to get the Super Bowl discussion uh, in the in the front right off the bat. And then to conclude the, the show today, we're going to be talking about the NFL awards, the season awards. We each have our winners for each of the, I think there's seven, eight categories. I think there's seven categories we have our winners selected for each of them. So we'll get into that. As always, before we get into it, our Twitters, at Willis5312. That's 5312. Mm-hmm. Is that the last four of your social security? No, no I'm just kidding. No, it's... Uh, it was oh, for... it's Nick Perry, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 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 And social security, whatever. I'm at Tony G Show. <laughs> Remember, I changed from the Tony G for days to the Tony G Show. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. I was thinking either Tony G Show, which is what it is now, or Tony G Tweets. I like the Tony G Show. Yeah. I stick with that. Here's the thing, though. There's a different Tony G Show out there on Twitter. So mine is yeah, Tony G Show... Them. With the 
you know. The, oh, the uh, what's that called? The hyphen on the ground there, the bridge uh, or whatever. I don't know. Why can I underline. not think of that? Underline? No, no. Underscore. 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 Is that underscore? So it's, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, though. You know, I mean, it's the Tony G Show <laughs> underscore. So it's not original, you know, Tony G Show. There's a different Tony G Show out there. Yeah, it's not clean. Yeah, and I was going to go with Tony G. There's a different Tony G out there. Yeah, it's a struggle. It is a struggle. Man. Yeah. Let me know what you think at Tony G Show on Twitter. Willis5312 on Twitter. Follow the show. Again, our episodes drop Tuesdays, Thursdays, and wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. I know it doesn't come up if you search Spotify. I don't know why that is. I've been, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to contact Spotify about that, but... If I send you the link, then you'll be able to listen through Spotify. Right. So if you want to listen to it on Spotify, you could always uh, DM one of us on Twitter. Correct. And we we'll get back to you immediately. Get that over to you guys. Yep. Yep. I don't know why that is. I'm going to look into that and uh, report back to Tony G Nation sometime next week on that. All right. Enough of an intro. We've gone about five and a half minutes on the intro. What do you say, Will? Let's get into it. Tony G Bowl episode. This is our Super Bowl preview. What do you say we'll have a good discussion about the Super Bowl? Let's just bring that beat back a little bit. Okay, okay. I'll, it's too good. It's too, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. You, you think now is good? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just need a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Super Bowl preview. <laughs> new intro, new look on the podcast for the Tony G Show. And, you know, we're going to have a really good season. Again, this is season six, episode two, the Tony G Bowl. Is what this episode is named because we're previewing the Super Bowl. Let's get into it by recapping the conference championship games. Let's just start in the NFC championship so we can get this over with. Let's have this discussion. Let's talk about what we saw, what we felt. Um, in the aftermath of that game, the Buccaneers came into Lambeau Field, won 31-26 to move on to the Super Bowl over the Green Bay Packers in what felt like the season to put it together for the for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, everything was kind of clicking. The offense was clicking. The defense started to click in the back end towards the season. Uh, special teams was good. Mason Crosby was damn near perfect the entire year. I mean, there was some faulty special teams work. I know punting J.K. Scott, he did not impress me this year. And I know that kick return and punt return coverages were not that mm-hmm. stellar, but... I mean, in terms of Mason Crosby, he had about as good of a year as you could want out of your kicker, and he's doing it at an right. excelled at, age. At I that mean, age, yeah. that's an incredible year. To incredible. still have a boot and to still be that accurate, something special. And it just seemed like the season for the Packers, you know, Lil Wayne dropped his green and yellow song. Mm-hmm. He did that one time before, and the Packers went on to win the Super Bowl. 2010. Yep. And this was the second year he did it, and they fell just about five, six points short of going to the Super Bowl over Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Let's just talk about some of the main points here, and then we'll have this discussion about what we think of it. Uh, just, just some of the main highlights of the game. The end of the first half, you know, there was that interception by Aaron Rodgers, and then the Buccaneers got the ball at, the, at about the midway point. Time's running out. I mean, you know, they're in their two-minute offense. They're in their about one-minute offense because time is just ticking away for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they go out for their possession, 
They gain a couple yards. They're down to about the what? 42 yard line. Yeah, and, it was, and it's third down. Mm-hmm. And there's about eight seconds left. I think it was fourth, actually. Because weren't they going to punt it? No, because they were going to no. kick a field goal. Oh, they were okay. trying to set up for a field goal. You know, they lined up on offense to run a play. Uh-huh. And I think it could have been fourth down. I don't remember. Either way. Either way. Either way. It looked like they were going to line up just to get a couple extra yards and get out of bounds so they could maybe attempt the field goal. And what do you know? Scotty Miller beats Kevin King deep, one high safety. It was Adrian Amos, and he was on the other side of the field covering a deep route. Scotty Miller gets past Kevin King, touchdown to end the first half. You just cannot let that happen. That's an inexcusable mistake. And it was just a bad game in general for Kevin King. I mean, mm-hmm. he had that mistake. He gave up a touchdown earlier in the first quarter. Uh, I think he was stiff-armed on a different play. I mean, it was just an all-around bad first half, an ultimate game for Kevin King. It wasn't really anything stellar on his part. Yeah, and I mean, he had that call that, that you know, at the end of the game, the holding call to the Buccaneers. That was Receiver him. did a dive on to get a call, and yep. he got it. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, it, just in general for Kevin King, you know, you don't want to put it on him. There's a lot no. of things that went wrong in this game. But You're right, you're right. You can't make these types of mistakes when you're one game from the Super Bowl. It just right. can't happen. Right. Other highlights in the game, three interceptions for Tom Brady. Like and, I said. And the Packers, it was actually three consecutive drives. Yeah. Tom Brady threw an interception in the second half there. He he held some crazy record, too. Like, it was like some 390 consecutive passes without an interception. Yeah. And he threw three and seven Maybe attempts. Maybe it was like postseason. Postseason attempts or something. Uh, yeah, I heard a stat like that, too. I don't remember the exact... I'm wording about it. Right. But, but it was ridiculous. It, it was. I mean, it's Tom Brady. I mean, right. it's like the comeback king going to the 10th Super Bowl, as we all know. And he throws three interceptions. He's gifting you the ball. He's gifting Aaron Rodgers the ball. And yet the defense for Tampa Bay was just stellar, held down the offense. And mm-hmm. the Packers failed to capitalize on some of those opportunities that they got from Tom Brady. And then, of course, the, the play at the end of the game, this was really beat by the national media. I mean, this was beaten to the ground here, this decision. Fourth and goal from the eight-yard line. The Packers have the ball. They're down 31-23. to And Matt LaFleur decides to kick a field goal instead of give it to Aaron Rodgers and try to make something happen. Now, remember, there was a dropped two-point conversion early in the game, too, that I'd like to mention by Equinemius St. Brown. So if you do get a touchdown, it's not a guarantee that you get the two-point conversion. And even if you do get the touchdown... The two-point conversion would be irrelevant if you just converted on the first one when Equinemius dropped that ball in the end zone. Mm -hmm. So it was really kind of a clustered situation for the Packers. And the decision. I thought it was one of those decisions that's going to be looked at as either one of the smartest decisions or one of the dumbest. Yep. And I've kind of like, I'm not mad at him for making that decision. I mean, you look at how Brady was playing that half. He was playing terrible. Yeah. He didn't look like he could throw a drive together. That's he was correct. he was like making terrible 50-50 ball throws and was losing on three of them. I mean, my takeaway from that, you're right. Tom Brady did not. He wasn't on all game, especially in the second half. He basically played a half and then was gone for the last until the last drive. Right, and that's the thing. That's that's what I want to point out is that it's Tom Brady. He's a different cat when it's two minutes to go in the game, two minutes to go in a half. He's a different cat when you put pressure on him. He's a different cat when you has to make a play or else Aaron Rodgers is going to get the ball back. Tom Brady knows that. Tom Brady knows that. You better believe he does. And so, you know, his play always gets stepped up in the late parts of the game, especially within those two minutes. Defense wins and wins games, clearly. 
and speaking of defense wins games, this is where this is a perfect segue to this next stat I want to bring up. This was a very good year for the Packers offensive line wise, offensively in general, you know, as a team in general, of course, but offensively, specifically the offensive line play was stellar. Aaron Rodgers was sacked 25 times this season, regular season and postseason. 25 times, 10 of those 25 sacks came against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, listen, to put it simply, the Packers just got the matchup they couldn't handle to go to the Super Bowl. If it was the Saints, if it was the Bears, if it was whoever, you liked their chances, but it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator, has had it out for Aaron Rodgers in terms of bringing pressure since week whatever it was when the Green Bay Packers lost in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, it just wasn't the matchup for the Green Bay Packers. Tampa Bay outplayed them. I got to mention, too, that they quote Peter, Bu- I think it's Bukowski is how you pronounce it sure. on Twitter. But right, it kind of brings up that that point where, like you said, they kind of lost in the trenches. I mean, their their pass rush, when it did get home, they I mean, the defense capitalized on it. It was one of those heartbreaking losses again, you know, and it's like I've, every year it's like the Packers, they'll go play a they'll win they'll get a lot of confidence and then they'll go into the conference championship and then get shorted yeah i mean the defense in my opinion was missing a pass rusher and the offense was missing bakhtiari and so there it is the tampa bay buccaneers will host the super bowl you hear me host the super bowl for the first time in nfl history this is the first time ever that it's you know because they do their neutral sites venues around the country and this is going to be the first time ever that a a home team is going to be hosting their conference championship. It's in Tampa Bay, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl. First time that's ever happened. Um, so pretty interesting there. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to who they're playing, let's talk about this storyline coming out of this game. Aaron Rodgers is the first quarterback in NFL history to lose four consecutive conference championships. He won when he was in Chicago, won the Super Bowl, the next four conference championships, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have lost in concession to each other. So let's look at moving forward with Aaron Rodgers. What are we thinking here? There was a lot of talk after the game in Aaron Rodgers' post-game presser where he talked about he's uncertain about the future, he thinks the Packers are uncertain about the future, and he thinks everyone's kind of uncertain in the future. And he's kind of made, made it clear in his comments since that he didn't mean his situation, the quarterback situation. He just meant in general. Yeah, I mean, He didn't I- know... What was going to come next in terms of off-season makeovers, in terms of coaching, in terms of scouting? And, and he mentioned himself. Yeah, he meant himself. But he didn't mean it like, oh, I don't know where I'm going to go next. Now right. i got this decision face. He just kind of threw it out there that he didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is to quote him in his comments since that, you know, the future isn't guaranteed. He's not going to – it's not guaranteed that he's going to finish his career in Green Bay. So he's just kind of – uncertain about how it's going to unfold moving forward into the off season. Yeah, that was blown out of proportion in my Way opinion. Way out of proportion by the national media. Which is on par with what they do. Yeah, you'd expect it. It didn't surprise anyone. I mean, there's a, a certain show on a certain channel I know of that after this game and after those comments, they ran with this storyline for every oh. day of the week. Here's the interesting thing. The interesting development since... It's come out in the media that he's asked for an extension. Interesting. He says he's going to stay in Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers and Matt LaFleur say Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. No question. But yet Aaron Rodgers has asked for a contract extension. 
He wants them to commit to him, and I think this is a great move on his part because mm-hmm. they drafted what a lot of yep. people speculate is his replacement in Jordan Love in this year's draft, first rounder. They expect him to take over in the next couple of years. Aaron Rodgers says, either you're going to commit to me or I want out. Yeah, which okay. is smart. Mm-hmm. It's real smart. It's great business. How many years does he have left? One on his deal? No, I think or he's two? got three. Three. Oh, oh yeah. Two this or is, three. This is a big move then. This is basically, yeah. Cause I then, think two after this year. I don't know exactly. I mean, yeah, because then after that point, Love's contract's going to be up, and then they're going to have to decide. Correct. So it's basically like me or we're, we're going somewhere else. Yep, and here's gonna, here's the yeah. thing. You know, the speculation in the national media, as we just mentioned, was kind of about trading Aaron Rodgers, where he could see, where where they could see him playing. Here's the interesting thing thing that came out since all this kind of settled down, is you know how there was a trade between the Rams and the and the Lions. Uh, Jared Goff was dealt from the Rams to the Lions, and Lions gave up Matthew Stafford, and a couple of draft picks were thrown in there as well. The Rams reportedly pursued Aaron Rodgers hard in Green Bay. They called, they asked, and the Packers were adamant, we're not going to give up Aaron Rodgers. Go call a different organization because Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. What would it take for you to let Aaron Rodgers go if you're going to accept an offer from the Rams? I've had this conversation many times since these reports have come out, and of course there's going to have to be at least two first-round draft picks. Two? At least two. I'd go with five. (laughs) I'd want want five first-rounders and Aaron Donald. I mean, yeah. you got to remember, though, he's old. I don't care. He's 37. I have them. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have them. They don't. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, is when you think about it, yeah, there's going to be a couple first-round draft picks associated with it. I mean, how bad do they want them? But, you know, the other team that's trading for him isn't going to give up their house for – it's not going to be house for house. You know, you got to think about their situation. If it's the Rams, let's just take the Rams. I think it's going to be a couple first-round draft picks, maybe even a second thrown in there. You're going to have to throw in Jared Goff because the Packers are going to have to use a quarterback – Unless they switch to Jordan Love, but then Jared Goff would become the backup. Which I you know, I'd argue Jared Goff is borderline starter backup material. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of on the fringe. We're not having that discussion right now, but you know, just to kind of point out where I'm at. So that's two, three draft picks, Jared Goff, and plus I'd say ask for a wide receiver if this is the Rams. What do you think? A Robert Woods, a Cooper Cup coming back from an injury? I couldn't do it. No. Mm-mm. I I don't want I wouldn't want that trade, you know I, I of course you don't trade away the MVP that's just common knowledge. But or you oh, yeah, but but you know yeah. if you were to you would have to ask for that much. And I think that's an appropriate amount. Mm-hmm. I yeah. So I mean I, let's just you know let's kind of leave it there. We let's let it fester as the off season kind of develops. Um, when we get towards the back end of season six, it'll be April. Kind of looking at May. I think the first little mini camps that kind of pop up come in June. And, of course, always before that, you have the draft. And we're going to be heavy on that this year, the draft. We're going to get our draft expert, uh, Matthew Swanson, in here to talk about that. So, you know, we'll get into that all, um, you know, in the back end of Season 6. But let's just leave that there for now. The Aaron Rodgers discussion, if he's going to stay in Green Bay, we both think he will. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just kind of how the situation will play out, we'll leave right there for now. Let's get back to the Super Bowl preview. The Buccaneers, as I mentioned before we started that Aaron Rodgers discussion, is going to be the first team to host a Super Bowl ever. The host team in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. First time that's ever happened. Who are they going to play? Well, the AFC Championship game was uh, rather unenticing. The first first quarter was you know pretty 
spot on with, uh, you know, enticing in, in the first game in Sunday, how it was a close game between the Bucks and Packers, then Bills Chiefs started, and you thought, wow, this is going to be a good game. I wonder who's going to win it. Bills led 9-0 after first quarter. It would have been 10 nothing. They missed point after attempt, made it 9 nothing after the first quarter. Chiefs didn't score in the first quarter. Flip the page to the second quarter, and a subsequent 21 points were scored by Kansas City in the second quarter. And a field goal by the by the Bills made it, what, 21-12 at halftime? Listen, you knew who was going to win this game. 38-24, the final score, Chiefs heading to the Super Bowl for the second straight year and the third straight conference championship for Kansas City. I mean, what is there to say? What Honestly, what is there to say about the Kansas City Chiefs? Fast. They're fast. They're quick. They're innovative. Andy Reid is coaching out of his mind right now. And, you know, we're going to get into their offense in about two, three minutes here as we look towards the Mm -hmm. Super Bowl preview. But just to kind of recap the season that they've had to this point, is there any team better in the NFL than the Chiefs? I don't think so. I mean, the Bills, I thought the Bills were going to give them good competition, and they did for like a quarter, but then that was about it. From a talent standpoint, I would say that the Buccaneers are very close. Sure. They're yep. loaded. I mean, every team that Brady plays on is loaded with stars. So I would say talent-wise, they're pretty close, but I think the Buccaneers are much slower of a team. I'm trying to think coaching too now. Is there a, a team that's coached like they are? The Rams, the Packers, the... Like the like the Chiefs or the yeah, Buccaneers? Yeah, that are Chiefs with like that, that innovative offense where there's... A lot of use of motion where there's right. a lot of use of misconceptions and That's getting kinda... guys to float out of the offense, out of, out of you know, in that weak spot in the secondary. The Chiefs do that better than anybody, I think. I, yeah, and I guess we'll get into that when we discuss the Super Bowl. But... Yeah, let's just, you yeah, know, yeah. let's move into it. We're kind of okay. doing that right now. Uh, but before we, you know, we're going to leave the Chiefs discussion where it's at right now. We're going to come back to that in two minutes just to throw out some of these cool, interesting numbers as we look towards the Super Bowl preview. This is the 10th Super Bowl appearance for Tom Brady, his first, of course, with the Buccaneers in his first season. And this is an important stat moving forward here, Will. Are you listening? Mm-hmm. Teams wearing white jerseys have won 13 of the last 16 Super Bowls. That'll be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I say Packers wore green. The Packers wore green in 45, Super Bowl 45 in 2010, and they won. I'm kind of glad they did. I like their green jerseys better than their whites. I also do, too. They look a little more flashy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways... Yeah, teams wearing white jerseys have won 13 of the last 16 Super Bowls. Also this, Brady, born one versus reigning Super Bowl champions in his career. The only loss was this season to the Chiefs. So let's look at that matchup. Week 12, Chiefs-Buccaneers. Chiefs got the 27-24 victory. Mahomes in that game, 37 of 49, 462 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. And all three of those passing touchdowns went to Tyreek Hill, who had a very big game. 13 receptions, 269 yards in that game. Just stellar games from those two, and that's why they won the, the game 27-24. Tyreek won, won my fantasy uh, matchup that week. He was the only only reason I won. <laughs> yep. He had like I, 60 points. I played against, a shout-out to Allen here, I played against Tyreek Hill, and I was beating him up until that point. <laughs> Not much you can do about that. No. I mean, 13 receptions. He was targeted 15 times. 269 yards and three touchdowns for Tyreek Hill. Nice. How about on the flip side of that, Tom Brady, 27 of 41, 345 in terms of yardage and a 3-2 to two touchdown to interception ratio. He's so good. The largest receiving game for the Buccaneers, 
Rob Gronkowski, six receptions, 106 yards, no passing touch or no receiving touchdowns for Rob Gronkowski in that game, however. Or passing touchdowns. Or, or, <laughs> or passing touchdowns for Rob Gronkowski. I don't know if he ever has one in his career. <laughs> Another interesting fact, again, before we get into what we see from the two teams here and have this discussion. Each time that Brady and Mahomes have faced, the winner has gone to the to, gone on to win the Super Bowl in that season. Remember when the the first time the Chiefs went to the AFC Championship game um, of this three of this three peat that they have going for the AFC Championship game, it was against the Patriots, and the Patriots won that game. Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so when you look at this season after the matchup they just had, Mahomes got the win. Is that true? Are they going to continue this trend of going and win the Super Bowl? Mm. Before we get into it, before we get into who we pick, let's discuss who we see in these and what we see in these teams. What you got, Will? Yeah, I was going to say I want to go back to that like speed discussion we were having. Yep. Because I I mean, do the do the Buccaneers really have I mean, obviously these guys are fast, but man, I feel like they play slow. Especially when you look at like players like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, that dude is like it feels yeah. like he's running full full go every time. Yeah. And, and a lot of their players, I, and, you know, I know Tyreek's really fast, but I just feel like their offensive pace is so, like, I agree. boom, 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 boom. Here's what I'd argue, though, is that I think that's kind of by design. You know, the Chiefs are this oh, yeah. big, flashy, and fancy offense with the, <laughs> I mean, with more talent than you know what to do with. And they're innovative, you know, with how they use motion, with how they get guys in the weak spots of the defense. But I think Tampa does that just a little more methodically. You know, they have older players. They have guys who are in the back ends of their careers. Tom Brady, uh, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Bruce Arians. Guys who are kind of eyeing retirement. Well, even their defense, I feel like they're kind of slow, too. I mean... I, I, yeah, I don't agree with that. Their really? defense. Their defense is slow. Do you see them against, in the NFC Championship game? They're like, their front four are like in their 15th season. I get that, but their front seven is just... Demonic. I mean, they are just. I don't know, man. Strong. They're physical. But does their physicality edges. does physicality dominate speed? I mean, if you can't even get to the guy, then how are you going to tackle him? See, that's why I think this is such a good discussion to have here, is because you know when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, you think of the speed and you think yeah the innovation, but what I'd argue they would where they'd come up short against the Tampa Bay defense is if they try to run the ball. I don't see them running the ball against Tampa Bay. No, I don't. And think... vice versa, I don't think Tampa Bay will run the ball very well against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the key to this game is going to be one through the air. I think, and I think it was one through the air in, in Week Twelve mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. And I get the the running back talent. I mean, both both teams have a two headed monster. You know, uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay, and then you have Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and you also have. Uh, Le'Veon Bell for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I get it. There's talented running backs. But, I mean, the front seven for each team is stingy. Just stingy to me. I don't think that there's going to be very much run game. I think it's all going to be passing game. I think it's all going to be uh, screens. or a lot of RPOs from the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, something to try to trick a defense. And, I mean, that goes without saying. You're going to see that in any NFL game. Mm-hmm. But the way this is going to be different is the Chiefs, have been seen on tape against the Buccaneers. That's a dangerous thing. The Buccaneers have tape against them. They know how they lost the first time. They almost won. I mean, it was 27-24. We're talking about this game like it was a blowout. I think the Buccaneers still have a chance to make this competitive. 
With that being said, I'm going to go with the Chiefs to win. I'm going to say 38-33 is the final score. Chiefs win. It's going to be a close game, going to be a high-scoring game. I say Chiefs. All right. <laughs> what you got, Will? I made a I made a game-time decision here. This is different than who you had initially on the schedule. This is polar opposite yep. of what I had. Go for it. It's going to be a touchdown in the first half by Brady, a Leonard Fournette touchdown in the third quarter, Chiefs are going to score 10 in the fourth. Okay. And then that'll be the game. 14-10 Buccaneers. No score in the first three quarters for the Chiefs. I like the hot take. I like the little, you know, defensive battle. I like that. And it's, I mean, like, I would not want to watch that game, but... I wouldn't mind watching it. It's just like Super Bowl 53, Rams-Patriots. Right. right. I could just see it happening that way just because, I mean, that's kind of how the Buccaneers play. And if they, like you say, if they get the Chiefs to play into their methodical style game. Yep. I mean, I'd want to win 14-10. That's still winning. It's still winning. You still get a ring. So if that does happen, that's it'll be something like that. But I hope I'm wrong. Okay. With that being said, I want you to give your Super Bowl MVP first. Because, you know, I had the high-scoring game. I think it's I think it's not going to be a surprise when I name my Super Bowl MVP. But, Will, your Super Bowl MVP and your 14-10 Buccaneer victory over the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. I'm not going to go with Brady. Okay, interesting. I think the player who will be most deserving will probably be, like, Mike Evans. Yeah. He'll have that first receiving touchdown and, like, at least with my score, I'll predict you'll have, like, you know, six catches, 70 yards, something, like, respectable. I think if it's going to be a Buccaneer and it's not going to be Tom Brady, it'll be, like, a Mike Evans or a Chris Godwin who will have yeah, a big game. Chris, sorry, that was the other guy I was thinking of, too, that could, you know. Yeah. It's going to be one of their wide receivers. Yeah. I don't think Gronk will win it. No. I, you know, I just don't think he'll have is that he, big of a game. Is he considered the backup tight end still? Or is, um, or is it kind of like a 50-50 role with uh, um, It's O.J. Howard. Yeah, right? O.J. Howard. I thought, okay, I thought he was a starter, so. Uh, I think it's Gronk to start. I think they share time. I don't think they use their tight ends in the passing game. Yeah. Over an excessive amount like Gronk was used in uh, New England with Tom Brady. But, you know, I think they both get fair playing time. I think Gronk Gronk might be the starter. He might shave him out just a little bit. But uh, my MVP, my Super Bowl MVP, again, my, my prediction was Chiefs 38, Buccaneers 33. I'm going to go with Pat Mahomes. Three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. What do you think? I think that's the more likely outcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told you it wasn't going to be a surprise. I told you that. So, yeah, I, I mean, just to kind of wrap up this Super Bowl discussion and then we'll get into our uh, 2020 regular season awards here for the NFL. You know, it's going to be high scoring. I think you think a little more low scoring because of the discussion we just had about the defenses. I think no matter what, we're in for a good game. And now let's talk about the legacies of each side that are at stake here. Tom Brady, 10th Super Bowl. This will be his, what, 7th ring? Bruce Arians doesn't have a, a ring as a head coach, but has been around long enough to the point where he can be on the fringe of Hall of Fame candidacy for a coach. He's been around for a while. He's had some competitive teams. I don't want to say, I don't want to go too far out there and say he's a Hall of Famer, but the discussions will start swirling if the Buccaneers do end up winning. The other thing, on the other side, Chiefs, legacies at stake. I mean, Pat Mahomes has in, entrenched himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. A lot of people are talking about the future of him, and that's only to be seen, I think, if we just all take a step back and watch as it happens and unfolds, we'll be able to, to truly appreciate it for what it is. Also, talk about Andy Reid, a guy who has been around, 
I think, since dirt was discovered. Probably pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he saw the first rainbow in the sky. The guy's been around forever is what I'm saying. And remember, he head coach of the Eagles. Took them to a Super Bowl. I believe it was 05. Lost to the Patriots and Tom Brady with Donovan McNabb. And then comes, uh, leaves leaves Philadelphia after having, you know, making them competitive for all those years. Goes to Kansas City. Drafts Patrick Mahomes. And really formulates a powerhouse of a football team in Kansas City. Here's what here's what I'm thinking. Hall of Famer, Andy Reid. You against that? No. You get him a second Super Bowl ring in a fourth... No, excuse me, in a third Super Bowl appearance? I think that... Definitely Hall of Famer. Guy who's been around forever. He's racked up a lot of wins in his career. What about this perspective? What if the Buccaneers win? Okay, you with me? Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers win... And Antonio Brown gets a ring. Oh. After all oh. the stuff that he's been that? part of. Why did you mention that? I it's it's part of the game. I might change my pick now. <laughs> it's part of the game. Oh. It's part of the game. After being a complete head case his last year or so in, that just gave in me a headache. Pittsburgh, I believe it. And then being a big head case in Oakland, or was it Las Vegas yet? For the Raiders. And then going to then, then being a free agent, having stories come out about sexual misconduct about a day or two after he signs with the New England Patriots, spends a week or two with them, and is released. Hasn't been seen since, except for this year. Season gets going. We're going to sign Antonio Brown, say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now they're in the Super Bowl. You know why that would suck? Why would it suck? Just think of the example that sets. You know, as a kid, I looked up to a lot of these players and, like, I really yeah. cared about their, like, who they are. As people. Right. In a lot of kids' minds, it's like, pff, if I'm a good player, I don't care how I act. Yeah. Because I'm going to win. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know that's I so, I know up. that's so, well, so I, far-fetched, but I, I mean. I get what you're saying. Right. That just kind of bugs me in that respect, but that's. If you look at it from that way, I get it. But what if you were to look at it as a guy who has changed his ways? Right? Is that, do you think there could be that perspective mm. on it? Because nah. he hasn't been in the news since he became became a Tampa Bay. But it seems no. like he signed and no, no one talked about it. Remember, him. he threw that bicycle at that security guard. Oh yeah, there was that incident. <laughs> oh my gosh, a guy so besi- is just so besides throwing a bicycle at a person, which is completely normal. I think for it a happened people. in season. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was like I, the I first remember talking weeks. about it in the Tony G show. Just casually threw a bicycle at somebody. Yeah, I think it was a security guard or something like that. Mm-hmm. Either way. But since, I mean, like, since that hiccup, and I call it a hiccup, but, I mean, it, it, it's, for anyone to act like that is bizarre. But I call it a hiccup because of everything he, that he, of his past. For him to move past it, to not be a headline since then, and to play productively, he hasn't been the best wide receiver. He's not the number one or even number two out in Tampa Bay. But I'd argue he he's changed some of his ways. He's changed who he's become. He's changed as a man, as a football player. I see a. You can't tell me that you see the same person that you saw in Pittsburgh, the same person that you saw with the Raiders, the same person that you saw in in New England in the 2019-2020 season. You can't tell me that's the same person. He, is he still a little outlandish? Yeah, yeah. You better believe he is. Right. But he's different from who he was. I guess for me, like I'm willing to understand and let somebody you know like yeah okay they've changed their second ways chances, but sure. yeah I'm, I'm good with second chances or the sixth or seventh chance whatever he's on now yeah um 
but that's something that takes time. I agree. And winning a Super Bowl does... is not going to make me like, oh, Antonio Brown. I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I get it. It does take time, and it does seem like a little... But then again, it's been a year. I mean, he did have that one hiccup, like I said, with the bicycle. But it's been a year since he was released with the Patriots and kind of fell off the face of the earth. And now he's back. No one seems to be talking about this narrative, which is a win for Antonio Brown, considering everything that he's been through. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's two different ways to look at it. I, I kind of, you know, I'll be honest, I take it as good for him. He's kind of changed his ways. Is he I, still a little outlandish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But th- he's definitely a different person than he was when he was with the Raiders and Steelers and all that. I mean, I hope for his sake that things turn around. I don't wish, I don't want to wish ill fate on anybody. Right. So I hope for his sake things turn around. I don't think anyone's saying that you're wishing ill fate, but I get, you know, I get your point. The fact that, you know, how many chances is this guy going to get? What's the precedent going to be set for, you know, young athletes who are looking up to professional athletes as to how to act off the field? I get it. I get what you're saying. But in this case, if he was like the number one wide receiver, then it'd be a bad thing. If he was like the number one wide receiver, the headline guy, a 98 overall in Madden, and the guy everyone's looking at, then yeah, I'd say mm-hmm. it's, that's a bad thing. That's setting a bad precedent. But he's the number three wide receiver on a team where he's about the sixth or seventh star being talking about offensively alone. Which is, yeah, actually a probably a good thing for him. Yep, yep. To be out of that spotlight, I think, man, that spotlight does things to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how, how it's worked because I've never had to deal with it on that level. But Certain individuals cannot cope they just can't handle it and he was definitely one of them and i think i think we've made a good point here as we're going to wrap up this discussion to move on to the nfl season awards that you know he he definitely needed time away from that spotlight to learn about himself learn about who he was i don't know if he got counseling or some type of therapy did some type of rehabilitation and and i also don't know what's happened in the sexual misconduct case, I have no idea that no one's talking about that in national media since he has been released and fallen off the face of the earth. So, you know, if that's still a factor, then yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say good for him. He's changed his ways. You know, that's something that, you know, needs to be yes. acknowledged in the public eye. I agree. But, you know, if that's not a factor, you know, again, I don't know the lawsuit. I don't know how it's turned out. If that's not a factor, good for him for changing his ways and changing who he is. Right. Like... It's such a, such a gray area because you. It's, yeah. I hope for everyone's sake that it works out. Sure. I'll put it like that. Yep. There you go. That's a good way to put it. And this is a good turning point into that's a our cop out NFL season. It's not a cop out. That is Will, definitely you're not a cop out. No, that's a cop out. No, don't put yourself out there like that. All right. I was gonna start saying stuff, and then I was like, maybe I shouldn't, so I just copped out. So it's okay, Will. I mean, yeah. you can be a little edgy. This is the Tony nah. G show. We bring hot takes. Medium. Medium. Uh, I'd say mild. <laughs> it's a middle mild. of the scale on, uh, you know, some of the wing sheets if you were to Mild order at wings. best. Mild. Hot takes. All right, NFL season awards. Let's get into it here. We've gone through our preview. We've given you our picks. We wanted to get that off, off, you know, on the record to start the show. Now let's end the show here. Our season awards. There's, what, seven categories for awards to be won in the NFL regular season. Comeback Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year, Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year, and then, of course, the MVP. It'll go in that order. Let's start with the Comeback Player of the Year. Art, you know, and I, I get to see this a little bit early here on our, on our script, Will and I do, you know, because we do preparation, we do our homework. I could have gone either way for this. 
Yeah, I could have too. I, I I mean, it was really tough decisions, and we'll talk about it after we get our picks out there. I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger, guy who played two games last two games last year. I, I mean, one and a half, and then he got injured, and now he comes back, starts eleven and all, gets them into the playoffs. You know, I get it that the Steelers weren't all they cracked up to be when they started eleven and all, but still, to come back from two games, everyone's speculating. Is he ever going to come back, one, and two, if he does, is it going to be with Pittsburgh? And to come back with Pittsburgh kind of set away that narrative and to get that team to the playoffs and start 11-0, and Ben Roethlisberger is my my player of the year, my comeback player of the year. Yeah, and, and like you said, this was a real big toss-up for me too. I mean, I guess what it can come down to is, is it is the injury more important or is the stats more important? Right. Because in my opinion... I think it's a bigger deal to overcome that injury and to play, but Roethlisberger is going to be in that conversation and is in that conversation. So yeah. my pick, I went with Alex Smith. I agree, yeah. Um, I like that pick. Brutal injury. Brutal. Terrible. And the comeback road was even more. Yeah. I, just in like, and just our, a great story. Our buddy Jason Fonder on Twitter would always tweet, man, I hate seeing Alex Smith get, get sacked because they're <laughs> hitting the legs. Yeah, it's, he should be like two-hand touch. Yeah, but he should be off limits. He should have flags around his belt. <laughs> you can just take he, him off. See, the only thing I, the only reason why I could see him not winning is he only threw six touchdowns in the season, had a seventy-eight point five QBR. So I mean, you know, not a great season. He did have, yeah. he did kind of battle with some weird injuries there again. Yep. And yep. So I mean, see that that's yeah that's the thing I point to in this discussion is, yeah, he had a terrible injury and he's shown such incredible heart. And character and getting back to even play. Right. I mean, to walk again is one thing, but to right. even say, I want to go back and play. Yeah. I mean, that's phenomenal. But here's the thing. Like I said, comeback player of the year. Alex Smith came back with, what, a couple games left to go? Right, right. I'm not trying to diminish what he did. I'm just saying Big Ben did it for the entire season after playing two games last No, time. you're right. And that's where I think that it's going to be interesting to see where they draw that line. Yep. It'll be interesting to see which way they go. Right. Again, this will come out on Saturday before the Super Bowl. Coach of the year. I went with Sean McDermott. He coached the Buffalo Bills to a 13-3 and record, the AFC Championship game. I think the reason I want to give it to him is because of the year that Josh Allen had. I mean, they had a great year. The Buffalo Bills did going 13-3 and a win away from the Super Bowl. But Josh Allen is really starting to come into his own. He's a guy who's really starting to show his potential. A guy who's starting to look like what you want your franchise quarterback to become. A guy who's going to be an MVP contender in years moving forward. A guy who's going to be not just a division contender in years moving forward, but also a Super Bowl contender possibly in years going forward. So for what he's become, I atone that to Sean McDermott. And just in general, for the year the Bills have had, going 13-3, and like I said, the accolades going one win away from the Super Bowl, I'm going to go with Sean McDermott, my coach of the year. Um, all biases aside on this decision. Yep. I honestly think Matt LaFleur should at least be in the conversation. I agree. He should so be in the conversation. He's he's my pick because I think that he's not talked about. Yeah. And I think that he should be in the top two. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. First two years as a head coach, 13-3, and three, NFC Championship game each year. Just about no talk. 26-6. and six. That's better than Lombardi started. Yeah. And that's not even counting the playoff wins. That Lombardi went 15-9, and nine, I believe, in his first two seasons. Yeah, this is 20, the best start by a head coach for the Green Bay Packers. 26 wins in his first two years. Granted, he does have one of the best quarterbacks in recent history. Yeah. Or since, well, the, I mean, since the, the game started. That's the thing, though. I mean, compare other coach, 
Mike McCarthy wasn't doing that. Mike McCarthy wasn't going right. thirteen and three back to back years and then getting right. a win from the Super Bowl. And like, I mean, isn't the point to have a good have to have good players and to have a good like? What are you supposed to coach a team full of you know players that are really bad? And it's yeah. like, oh, they did better than they thought. Yeah, you know, and and I don't know about you, but as a fan, it's like it seems like the culture has just done a one eighty. Yeah, sure. Obviously, there's, I agree. There's a lot. There's things here and there that are still the same, but. It seems like the culture on the players and just more upbeat and, and the yeah and the changes they made in the off seasons have seemed very positive for the team. Sure. So he's my decision. Um, coached one of the best offenses in the league this year. So yeah, Matt Lafleur, offensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. Solid pick. I mean, look at the year the guy has had. Sure, the statistics, but you watch the guy play. Oh my gosh, cooking defenses left and right. The only reason he didn't cook in the NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers was because he had three guys on him the whole game. I mean, what? For a guy to to have that much power over a defense, to get that much attention, he's really, you know, now a member of the 99 club in Madden, a guy who's felt like he's been underestimated his entire career to come around and have the year he's had. He's my offensive player of the year. Um, I'm going with Derrick Henry on my offensive player of the year. I like that. Um, I think Adams had a really good year, but I think that it's hard to, I mean, he didn't carry the entire offense like Derrick Henry did. Although he, Adams was, was a huge, he played a huge role in the Packers offense. Um, but I think Henry kind of, I mean, he's kind of the definition of putting your team on your back and on your shoulders. Um, he had 2027 rushing yards in the season, 17 rushing touchdowns, averaging 126.7 yards per game. So I mean that's pretty incredible. <laughs> I think he had the triple it crown. Is. I forgot what the third. With yeah, the third rushing step. yards, touchdowns, yard per carry. No, which the most it. in the NFL, the three, yeah. which is pretty pretty incredible. Um, but I think Devontae is a good pick too. And I here's the thing with Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams. I mean you can't go wrong with whoever wins it. You know, the correlation that I see between our two picks was the one to have power over the defense. Like I said, if you lock down Devontae, you're going to win. And if you lock down Derrick Henry, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. That's the power these guys carried within their offenses. I agree. I, I totally mean, agree. That You can't go wrong with the, either the, pick. And the thing to remember, too, is Adams played 12 and a half games on the season. Yeah. And he outscored every receiver in the league. I mean, if he played a full season, my goodness, he'd be an MVP discussion. <laughs> Probably. Player of the year, defensively. I'm going to go with the safe pick here, the safety blanket of Aaron Donald, the guy who seems like he's won it the last five years. He's just dominant. I mean, he's just dominant. There's no one like him. And, you know, you don't really hear that much discussion about him in season. He just kind of does it quietly in my mind because of the attention he gets. You know, we talk about Devontae Adams, Derrick Henry. You stop them, you're going to win. You stop Aaron Donald, you give your offense a pretty good chance. Mm-hmm. But it's not a guarantee you stop, stop him either. No. I mean, you're going to have to double, triple team him, and he still beats you. I mean, right. watch some footage of the guy. He's unbelievable. Defensive player of the year for me, Aaron Donald. I'm going with the uh, hometown pick of TJ Watt. Yeah. I, like I think pick. the only reason that he will not win it is we've had this conversation a hundred times, but the fact that they didn't go as far as it was predicted or even close as far. In fact, they got kind of blown out by the Browns. Kind of would be almost an understatement. Yeah. Um, But he did have a pretty good season. He had 43 solo uh, tackles, 15 sacks, and a pick. So that's good production. It is very good production. I mean, he's turning the ball over. 
He's causing sacks. I mean, mm-hmm. he's disrupting the play of the offense. But to your point and to your pick, I don't know if he's as much of a game breaker than Aaron Donald. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you look at the Packers and they shut him down in the pass rush and it's like he's, you know, their defense struggled. It was also because he was injured. So, I mean, you right. take him out of the picture and that's it's what, like, That's oh. what I'm saying. Like if you take a healthy Aaron Donald, I mean, he can change the landscape I of agree. a game. Yeah. I don't know if TJ Watt can quite do that yet. But anyways. Rookies of the year offensively and defensively. This one was a tough one for me. I was going back and forth, and I'm going to mention this name, but it's not him. Justin Herbert. Had a great year out in Los Angeles for the Chargers. I mean, really kind of changed their landscape. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, really, I, I, my pick is Justin Jefferson for the year he had in Minnesota. One of my favorite young rising stars in the NFL. I have to admit it. The guy is becoming one of the best, quickest, best hands and feet not best, you know, you know what I mean. In right. terms he's, of rookies, he's he's a lot of promise. To a lot grow. of promise to really grow and develop, and I think you get a better quarterback in Minnesota. Justin Jefferson has got potential. That's my pick for rookie of the year. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick. I think the one thing you could take from him is that the Vikings were a decent team going into it. Um, yeah, but he still yeah. had a really good season. Yeah, I just had deja vu. That was it's weird. not. <laughs> it's not like the Chargers where. You know, you're inheriting a bad team and a bad, bad right. Situation. Like you're expecting, like you're fully expecting. Right, this is going to be a bad year. Yeah, and it and, was for the Chargers. Right, but Herbert showed some promise. Yep. Um, going with another Wisconsin pick for my offensive rookie of the year, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Um, I don't think <clears throat> he quite put up the numbers to win it, but I think circumstantial evidence. We're getting real wordy. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, the circumstances he had. Yeah, I feel like. You know, Indianapolis bringing in uh, Philip Rivers. I mean, a old, slow, kind of bad quarterback yeah. at this point in his career. Um, without a running game, the Colts would have struggled. Yeah, big time. And remember, the thing that I look at in your case is, you know, Jonathan Taylor really emerged as the number one running back when he had Marlon Mack to deal with. The right, guy Marlon Mack. Great last year. Yeah. Um, and by last year, I mean 2019. The guy who had a great 2019, 2020 season and was coming back as the foreseeable number one guy, and yet they go out draft Jonathan Taylor, and Taylor wins the job over what is a really good running back in Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I could see that as well. Yeah, it's a yeah. I don't know if he'll win it, but anyways. How about our, our pick for defensive rookie of the year? Same guy here. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of. I don't even need to say my pick because the next two we're we're in agreement with. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're we got the same last two picture defensive rookie of the year though. Chase Young, Washington Football Team. And not, you know, the reason I take away from it isn't what he does physically. It's just the leader he's become. A guy who didn't start the season with captaincy, with a captain, guy who didn't start the season as a captain, and then inherited it as the season got going on. As a rookie, a captain, a guy who's really honed in his defense, a guy who gets along with everybody in the locker room. Chase Young's a rookie of the year, man. I mean, mm-hmm. is there really anyone else? I don't know how you couldn't give it to to chase young for the for the rookie for the defensive rookie of the year um like you said just kind of the the i don't know statistically i'm not sure i don't have his stats in front of me and i'm not going to pull them up he was borderline game worker okay all right yeah. so statistically he held he held up that side of the bargain but i think like you say his attitude is at least for me as if i had wanted a teammate i'd pick somebody with a good attitude like him way somebody with a good good attitude with good play 
over somebody with a bad attitude and like phenomenal play. Yep. I would take the good attitude 10 times out of 10 times. And I think a lot of people agree with you on that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, the energy in the locker room is everything. It well, really is. And towards the, the back half of the season, I mean, they really started to get things going. And I was like, I could see the, I honestly thought, I was like, maybe the football team will be, will beat Brady. Yeah. But, and they, and they, they put up a did. fight. We they talked about that fight. on Tuesday. They put up a very good fight under Taylor Heineke, Heineke as well, but also Chase Young, just dominant. MVP, I mean, did you really think we were going to go with anyone else? Aaron Rodgers has just emerged uh, in the last couple of weeks of the season. You know, Pat Mahomes was throwing interceptions. I don't think he played in week 17. Aaron Rodgers played and played well the entire year. Um, again, only a few interceptions, and most of them came against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Three of them, if you count the postseason. Right. Uh, so He he played out of his mind, really. I yeah. mean, if you think about it, we haven't seen this Rodgers since 2011. That's nine years ago. Nine I mean, he's years 37 ago. years old. Yeah. He's 37, and he's, he's putting playing, up outrageous numbers. Yeah, I mean, he's playing at, if not better, than nine years ago. I mean, that's almost unheard of. Yeah. Especially for quarterbacks. I mean, that's something that, as you get older, it's like, man, your play, it does it does decline. Statistically, it does decline, and that's just, that's normal. And to have him have this season, it, I mean, we were really treated. Yeah. Um, 48 touchdowns. I mean, what do you say about that? A career high, 48 touchdowns. Packer high as well, all time. 48 touchdowns, five picks, completion percentage of over 70%, uh, total yardage f- a yard away from 4,300, 4,299 yards. And, I mean, there was probably three or four drop touchdown passes, too, that would have put yeah. him over 50. What was – do they have his QBR on the year? Yep. A QBR of 84.3 and a quarterback yeah. rating of 121.5. <sighs> I mean, that's just about as good as – it is literally just about as good as you can get. Mm-hmm. I mean – the guy doesn't make mistakes. I just feel I'm I'm really happy I got to witness a season. I mean, because when he had a season this good, I was 11 years old. Yeah, you know, no, like, that's a good point. Like I'm 21. That's a big difference in age, and I'm able to kind of appreciate that. I mean, man, we're I I sure feel lucky to experience him play that well. Here's the thing I want to say before we wrap up the show: is last year Aaron Rodgers, when I covered, I you know, and I, I use covered very loosely. You know, I did the post-game show for WDUZ, my friends over at WDUZ. I did the Packer post-game show with my friend Rucky. And we fielded a lot of phone calls throughout the entire season. And one of the main correlations between each phone call that we fielded about Aaron Rodgers was, man, we need to get Aaron Rodgers out of here. We need to get someone new for Aaron Rodgers. One of the main narratives that's that I think panicking fans were starting to write up for themselves was that was that Aaron Rodgers wasn't the same quarterback. He wasn't someone who and I never bought into that. I mean, watch the guy play. I thought he got sacked a lot last year. I thought he got a lot of pressure in his face. And it was better than years past. But still, I mean to get you know, it was just a narrative I didn't agree with, Mm-mm. but it's something I saw growing. Yeah. Started in Green Bay, moved to the national narrative, especially when they drafted Jordan Love. Oh my goodness. And now, after this loss, the narrative is still, is Aaron Rodgers going to be a Packer? Mm-hmm. And it's like, the guy just had an MVP year. He'll do whatever the heck he wants. Right. And, yeah, I when, when we talk about that stuff, about fans kind of calling for him to leave, he needs to go. I mean, he when he is gone, I don't want to say he's the glue that keeps his team together, but because these offenses are made for quarterbacks that can 
you know, it's not it's not these crazy hard reads, but when he has to make those three to four, five hard reads, hard passes a game, I mean, he does it with great consistency. Yeah. Which is kind of the difference between a good quarterback and a great quarterback. So there we have it. We've said our piece. We've given our picks. I mean, let's let's enjoy the weekend here, Will, huh? Let's enjoy the couple awards. Let's yeah. enjoy the game on Sunday. Watch the slow Chiefs, game. Chiefs, Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, the slow game. No talent. No. no. It's going to be a good game, and uh, we'll break it down on Tuesday. Just a little bit of a preview. We're going we're gonna to break down the Super Bowl. It's going to be another football-themed show, all show on Tuesday. That's okay. We're going to break down the Super Bowl, but then the back half of the show, there's going to be two segments. You know, usually we have our three. Yeah. The first segment is going to be, we're just going to have two segments. The first segment is going to be the Super Bowl recap. Then the second season, the second segment, and this may leak over into next Thursday show, is we're going to talk about quarterback shuffling through mm. the NFL. Where quarterbacks are, where they could be going, which ones could be on the move. So stay tuned for that. Next episode coming out next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Again, if you have any questions, any input, anything you want, at Tony G Show on Twitter and at Willis5312 on Twitter. Get at us. Let us know what you think. We look forward to seeing you next Tuesday. Any final words, Will, from you? No, we'll just see you Tuesday, and we'll see what the uh, outcome of the Super Bowl is. Yep, it'll be a good show on Tuesday. Can't wait to talk to you then. This is the Tony G Show.